Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today's Thursday, November 11th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. We got BTC at number one, $64,824, $0.09 down 3.23%. So it's cooled down a bit. Number two, Ethereum, $4,624.60, down 2.01%. Binance Coin, number three, $616.47, down 2.05. Tether, number four, $1. Solana, number five, $233.81, down 1.73%. Number six, Cardano, $2.11, down 7.62%. XRP, number seven, $1.18, down 5.83%. Polkadot, and number eight, $45.71, down 10.09%. USD coin, number nine, $1. And last but not least, Dogecoin, number 10, 25 cents. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. Uh, extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried that could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So what we got is now extreme greed at 77. Yesterday was greed at 75. Last week was greed at 73. And last month was extreme greed at 78. Let's take a look at our five articles for today. Article number one is, these game developers are choosing to turn down NFT money. Article two, Move over Bitcoin, Ether is back and nipping at your heels. Article three, Bitcoin for beginners, understanding the future of cryptocurrency. Article four, Binance CEO Zhang Peng Zhao discusses future of crypto, global adoption and regulations. And last but not least, our main topic today is how is cryptocurrency taxed, crypto transactions and capital gains? So before we start with the articles, just want to say thank you so much to all my supporters and subscribers. I've been listening to you and seeing and reading all the comments and all of the messages. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're in the podcast space, you can catch me on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And if you're in YouTube space, please like, share, and subscribe. It does help me out greatly. So let's get into it. Article number one is, these game developers are choosing to turn down NFT money. As many studios express interest in crypto games, being against them can come at a price. In the wake of Ubisoft, EA, Square Enix, Sega, and Zynga announcing their interest in or direct support of blockchain tech and NFTs, things are looking pretty bleak for anyone who enjoys living on a hospitable planet. But for most of us, even if we find the notion distasteful, the possibility of NFTs becoming widespread in gaming doesn't immediately threaten our livelihoods, even if they threaten our climate for some game developers. However, NFT projects are attached to real money that could put food on the table and turning them down comes at a real cost. Here are some developers who took a personal risk in saying thanks, but no thanks to NFT gigs. The CEO of a game development studio, one developer who has refused opportunities to work on NFT games is the CEO of a studio that has provided engineering support for a number of well-known games and also co-developed a few games of their own. As CEO, he has personally handled a lot of business requests about NFTs. While he says that he's open to the idea of blockchain gaming being a viable gaming technology, 
he remained skeptical that they could offer any design benefits that would make up for the environmental cost. He also wants his studio to go carbon neutral, a desire which runs counter to the CPU intensive processes of crypto technology. A lot of the technology seems like it could probably be solved by other less destructive means, he told Kotaku. I can't speak for all game developers, but I think the stance of a lot of game devs is if there's a really interesting thing that can be done with NFTs and blockchain that makes better or more interesting or creative or new user experiences, then probably a lot more people would be more open to that. But right now, it just doesn't seem like most of the companies that are putting money into the space are actually solving any problems or creating any new experiences that could just be done with other means. The cryptocurrency proponents he's interacted with also don't inspire a ton of confidence in the studio led. He felt that potential NFT clients didn't understand gaming and their proposals felt a little sketchy. So a quote here is, you can't just make a sword from World of Warcraft work in Final Fantasy. Interesting. I think a lot of investors don't have any clue what metaverse means either. And so they're all just dumping money into these companies of people who have developed blockchain or NFT related technologies. And then those blockchain companies realize, oh, we don't actually even know how to make video games. They just get the investment because it's got the word NFT on it. And they're like, oh, crap we have to actually go and make this game now and then they go out and find studios that can build it for them he also rejected certain nft proposals because some clients had unreasonable expectations with little basis in development reality there was one time we had a group asking us for professional consulting on how to build a blockchain marketplace for people to buy and sell items across all of the different games they play I'm like, that's not how it works. You just can't make a sword from World of Warcraft work in Final Fantasy. At one point in our interview, the discussion turned to how the excitement and investor confidence in virtual reality produced mixed results. VR never hit widespread adaptation, and it tends to have very specific applications. I asked him if he saw a similar path for blockchain and NFTs. He said he wants his studio to make traditional premium games, and the excitement around blockchain appears to be transient trend. These are all these technologies that people get excited about. Sometimes they do something cool. Sometimes they solve a problem. And sometimes they're just, oh, crap. But you don't really know until you have a certain amount of time that passes and it sticks or it doesn't. I don't know if NFTs are going to stick. So a game designer. One game designer who currently works full-time at a game studio spoke on the condition of anonymity. He independently corroborated that there was a lot of money for NFT projects floating around in the investment space. Despite his studio's interest in NFT games, he had been vocal in his opposition to these projects at the company. He said that he would reevaluate his current employment if the studio started working on a blockchain project. While he was previously aware of the environmental consequences and saw NFTs as a Ponzi scheme, he has become increasingly concerned about whether the livelihoods of developers might become casualties of NFT enthusiasm. It's a bunch of studios who have no experience with blockchain technology, no experience with cryptocurrency, no experience with non-fungible tokens, all of a sudden being like, hey, there's a lot of money in this. A lot of big players are getting into this. There's a fear of missing out. And so a lot of studios are pivoting to NFTs, and they're not prepared to do that. 
is incredibly intensive to create and maintain an NFT blockchain system, as opposed to just storing that all on your, our own server. Despite all of his misgivings, the game designer is also open to the idea that blockchain might be able to benefit game design in some way. He just hasn't seen it yet. In fact, he feels that the fundamental premise of NFTs would likely worsen the experience of playing video games. Scarcity is what gives NFTs value in a video game. That just runs counter to all of my design principles. Why would I put something in a game that I think is cool and I worked on as a designer and want someone to play with and say, no, only one player can play with this. That just runs counter to everything interesting or fun about making games and playing games. We also discussed the fundamental volatility of an online-based game with a marketplace attached to it. He brought up the example of how Cyberpunk 2077 was removed from PlayStation Storefront and what would happen if platforms decided to take an NFT game offline. There are other issues designers have to factor in so that you don't crash your market. Just look at the seven-day average of any crypto. That's what your end game market is going to look like. And if a famous person like Elon Musk tweets about it, as soon as a famous indie dev tweets, oh, this game kind of sucks, all your items tank. As soon as anyone finds an exploit, it's over. In Neopets, it's Neopet money. But in an FT game, someone's life savings. An independent pixel artist. Not all NFT gigs come from shady crypto bros whose Twitter accounts are just a couple months old. Some come from prominent professional acquaintances. Cass Pixel is a pixel artist who has worked on independent games such as Up in Smoke and Detective Case and Clown Bot in the Express Killer. She was approached by a former professional League of Legends player to whom she holds no ill will. Before he went full in on NFT avatars, Yoon Suop Loco Doko Choi was a professional esports player for teams such as Team Liquid and TSM. In 2018, he was fired as the head coach of the Golden Guardians for making inappropriate comments toward a female Riot employee while off camera. Now he leads the Folk Tales of Lunaria project, which produces NFT avatars of mutated moon creatures. On August 27, Choi reached out to Tass Pixel over Twitter, private messages, and asked if she would be interested in working on an NFT project. He ended up offering her either a 20% share out of an estimated $5 million in sales, $1 million, or a flat cash payout of $50,000 for four weeks of NFT work. It was a significantly higher offer than what Caspixel would be paid by gaming companies. When she was asked if she believed that the unusually generous business deal was legitimate, Caspixel told Kotaku, nothing felt weird. That's the most distressing part. That's what was the scariest part. The guy was well-respected. Caspixel said that she was willing to work with Choi, provided that it wasn't on an NFT project. Unfortunately, he was determined to mint these avatars. On September 5th, Caspixel turned down the NFT gig. She tweeted about declining a $1 million offer because NFTs hurt the planet and create artificial scarcity. Soon, members of the crypto community harassed her for her decision. Several of them claimed that she was ignorant about NFTs or argued that the money could have been used to fund social issues that she cares about. Despite the black flash, uh, Caspixel held her firm on her stance. I know big artists do NFTs because it's money on the side, but it's really guaranteed for people who have a big following already. 
Smaller artists, I don't really get it because they have to pay for the privilege of minting NFTs. There is no guarantee they're going to make that money back. So they keep spamming other artists and all of their followers. They keep getting on discourse and it seems like it consumes their whole internet persona. When I tweeted about how I didn't want to do NFTs, some people pointed out to me that if I had done NFTs, I would have to constantly be talking about and engaging with them. All these people would basically be my new audience, seeing how toxic the communities are. I wouldn't like that. Folk Tales of Lunaria ended up proceeding with their NFT sales, and the first run broke $1 million in sales. While it felt short of choice in issuing estimates, Cast Pixel Stake would have been worth $200,000. So, what do you guys think about these the game developers are choosing to turn down NFT money? Comment down below and let me know what you think. All right, article number two. Ethereum is now back. Move over Bitcoin. Ether is back and nipping at your heels. So Bitcoin has rocketed to an all-time high of nearly $70,000. But investors are more, even more excited about Ethereum which is now the world's second most valuable cryptocurrency. Ethereum, or Ether for short, is also trading at record levels. It's now hovering around $4,850, having soared more than 560% this year, compared to the mere 135% pop for Bitcoin. Crypto investors are betting that Ether will continue to be used as the backbone for even more non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, as well as so-called smart contracts. Experts predict that this wave of decentralized finance, DeFi, will become more prevalent in banking. That could be great news for Ether as well as Solana, another crypto that has blockchain technology used in DeFi applications. Ether, which is now has a total value of about $575 billion for all its coins in circulation, has also narrowed the market gap with Bitcoin, which is now worth $1.3 $3 trillion. The two cryptos now make up almost two-thirds of the nearly $3 trillion cryptocurrency market. We're seeing a shift in the industry where Bitcoin went from being 75% of the overall cryptocurrency market cap to about 50%. Michael Pinsker, founder and president of wealth management tech firm Dokupais, said the drop in Bitcoin's market share since 2017, that percentage should come down even further. So more investors flocking to Ether. Ether has also become more popular with many traders on crypto brokerage Coinbase. In its latest earnings report after closing Bell Tuesday, Coinbase said that 22% of its third quarter trading volume was for Ether, compared to 19% for Bitcoin. That's the second straight quarter that Ether trading was higher than Bitcoin. There could even be a so-called flippening in the next decade where the value of Ethereum winds up topping Bitcoin, said Jared Madfis a partner with Tribe Capital. The persistence of inflation is benefiting Ether and other cryptocurrencies too. Consumer prices continue to surge and investors recognize that digital currencies are gaining value at a time when interest rates remain low and the Fed and other central banks pump money into the economy. Inflation is not going away. Central banks printing money is a chasm that can't be crossed, said Dylan Leclerc, head of market research at Bitcoin Magazine. The rise of Bitcoin ETFs also could be good news for Ethereum because experts predict that similar Ether ETFs could soon launch. That will make it even easier for average investors and big money management firms to buy into the crypto. 
institutions want more exposure to cryptocurrencies. So I anticipate there will be Ether ETFs. Tribe Capitals Madfest said. Experts say stick to Ether and Bitcoin and avoid meme coins. Still, investors need to be careful when buying cryptocurrencies. Not all of them have practical uses. There are now many so-called meme coins out there, such as Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, that have popped in price thanks to social media hype, including from Tesla CEO Elon Musk and other more silly reasons. Crypto now is a lot like the 1990s and the internet, said Eric Satz, CEO and founder of Alto, an investment firm which offers a crypto IRA. He's referring to the many e-commerce companies that went public and soared back then. But only one true leader, Amazon, is still standing today. There are a whole lot of crypto assets out there, but there will be a lot of roadkill. Investors need to proceed with caution, Sat said, adding that he recommends investors have a crypto portfolio that made up mostly of Bitcoin, Ether, and Solana. Ray Youssef, co-founder and CEO of Paxful and a crypto trading platform, has an even more cautious take. Crypto investors should not hold Dogecoin, Shiba Inu, or any of the other more speculative cryptos, he said, because big corrections lie ahead. It's like the stock market in that respect. It's one thing to own shares of Apple, Microsoft, and another top company in the S&P 500. Meme stocks are another story. Ether and Bitcoin versus meme coins are like the difference between blue chips and penny stocks. You get a call about from a guy in a boiler room, Yusuf said. So what do you guys think about this move over Bitcoin? Ether is back and nipping at your heels. Comment down below and let me know if you think there's going to be a flippening of Ether overcoming Bitcoin in the near future. All right, let's keep going. Article number three, Bitcoin for beginners, understanding the future of cryptocurrency. Feeling Bitcoin or cryptocurrency FOMO right now? Laura interviews Fred Chespesta, author and founder of Finder.com about the future of cryptocurrency and what Bitcoin beginners should know. You've probably been hearing a lot about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in the news these days. On October 20th, 2021, Bitcoin shot up to $66,975. And then yesterday evening on November 8th, it reached a new all-time high over $68,000. If you've been wondering what all the hype is about or if it's time to dip your toes in the cryptocurrency waters, I'll cover key concepts you should know. We sat down in Fred's New York City office and had a great conversation about his background, business evolution, challenges as a founder, personal investing strategy, and ideas about the future of cryptocurrency. So here are a few of the topics we cover. So one, common misunderstandings about investing in cryptocurrency, how to begin slowly adding crypto to your investment portfolio, why Bitcoin is different from other types of cryptocurrencies or altcoins, strategies for short-term trading versus long-term investing, how to keep the crypto you purchase secure from cyber theft, the most compelling reasons everyone should consider investing in crypto, and where to learn more about investing and earning high yields on crypto balances. So what do you guys think about Bitcoin for beginners understanding the future of cryptocurrency? Comment down below and give me your top five of tips you would give to beginners, especially your friends, family, or anyone that is curious about getting in. All right. 
before we get into Article 4 and 5, just want to take the time to say thank you so much to all my supporters. I've been looking at the analytics on the podcast realm, and I've seen more and more people listening in to Apple Podcasts they're, because they're on their iOS device. But if you have friends or family that have Android devices, they can catch me here on Google Podcasts or Spotify. So please direct them my way. Uh, If they are interested in unbiased crypto news, please do what you can by like, sharing, subscribing on the YouTube space as well. Again, thank you so much. Let's get back into it. Article number four. Finance CEO Cheng Peng Zhao discusses future of crypto, global adoption, and regulations. Zhang Peng Zhao Finance Chief Executive Officer discussed regulations and crypto ETF in a recent interview with Bloomberg, according to him. Quote, most institutions or organizations should be looking at crypto at this stage. Institutions get serious. Let's recall that just last month, Jamie Dimon, JP Morgan, Chase Chairman and CEO had called Bitcoin worthless. But inflows in crypto assets this year are breaking all records. According to the CoinShares report dated 8th November 2021, YTD year-to-date inflows stand at record levels of $8.9 billion. Apart from that, CZ also stated, crypto is going to be the future of the fintech industry. And to be honest, it's going to be the future of money. While there are industry skeptics that believe the crypto bubble will likely bust, uh, institutions who believe otherwise are gearing up. Recently, MasterCard announced a partnership with a series of crypto companies to launch crypto-funded payment cards. And more fund managers are now looking at exchange-traded funds that focus on crypto. ETF galore. Bitcoin's recent rally was largely backed by the first future Bitcoin ETF approval in the United States. CZ Binance has also commented that the development of ETFs is a very positive thing. But it is noteworthy that most applications are being filed in the meantime. BlockFi and with Newberg Berman filed for a spot Bitcoin ETF. It is a physically backed Bitcoin ETF. There are likely to be a regulatory hurdles before it is cleared. But with so many offerings, is the market becoming saturated? CZ thinks it's not the case yet. The state of competition, the Binance CEO stated that currently there's no overlap in the sector, he said. The crypto industry is about 5% penetration globally. So out of a billion people, probably only about 400 million people have crypto. It's already a large number, but it's only 5% adoption. Therefore, he explained that a saturation level might begin as we get to 95% adoption. The Bank of America Chief Operating Officer, Tom Montag, had also spoken about crypto competition in a recent event. In the context of traditional businesses, he noted that crypto can provide a technological jump to banks, similar to CZ's outlook. Montag said, quote, we look forward to figuring out a way to use it, crypto best and have it be a part of the system. So clamp down or acceptance. But incorporating crypto in mainstream finance would require close coordination with regulators. In a previous interview, Binance co-founder Yi He said discussed efforts to work better with regulators. While the company is making progress with its recent high-profile hiring, CZ reiterated that Europe and the U.S. are large markets, he said. So we want to leverage that and help to grow the community in France and also Europe. Meanwhile, in terms of U.S. regulations, he noted, 
U.S. regulators typically care very heavily about KYC AML, terrorist money laundering. And Binance had been currently uh, focusing on working closely with regulators all around the world, according to CZ. Well, the looming question is, should other crypto businesses follow the same route? So what do you guys think about this article? Binance CEO Shang Peng Zhao discusses future of crypto global adoption and regulations. Comment down below and let me know what your predictions are for cryptocurrency. All right, let's get into the last part of the day and take a look at the main topic. This one is a curious one and a very interesting one. How is cryptocurrency taxed, crypto transactions, and capital gains? If you look closely at your most recent tax return, you may notice a question at the top of Form 1040. Just below your name and address, the question asks, at any time during 2020, did you receive, sell, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? Simply put, the Internal Revenue Service IRS is asking if you own cryptocurrency. This isn't the first time the IRS has asked about cryptocurrency. In fact, the agency started asking about crypto on 2019 tax returns. However, on tax forms for the 2019 tax year, the question appeared on Schedule 1, where it was a little easier to overlook than it is now on the front page of your tax return. This change isn't just for appearance sake or because the IRS ran out of room on Schedule 1. It signals the IRS growing interest in catching taxpayers who aren't reporting taxable cryptocurrency transactions, which begs the question, how is cryptocurrency taxed? Well, how cryptocurrency transactions are taxed? Cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum and other coins often called virtual currencies, but they aren't true currencies for tax purposes. IRS Notice 2014-21 states that the IRS considers cryptocurrency to be a capital asset, similar to shares of stock. As such, selling or exchanging cryptocurrency results in capital gains and losses that must be reported on Form 8949 and Schedule D. Like other capital gains and losses, gains can be short-term or long-term, depending on how long you held on to the cryptocurrency before selling or exchanging it. Short-term capital gains and losses result from sales or exchanges of cryptocurrencies that you held for less than one year. Short-term capital gains are taxed at your ordinary income rate, the same rate you pay on wages from a job or income from self-employment. Ordinary income tax ranges from 10% to 37%, depending on your tax bracket. Long-term capital gains losses result from sales or exchanges of cryptocurrency that you held for one year or longer. Any long-term capital gains from cryptocurrency transactions are taxed at a lower long-term capital gains tax rate, ranging from 0% to 20%. So for example, say you bought one Bitcoin for $1 just for fun back in March of 2011. Currently, that one BTC is worth around 47,000, so you decide to sell it. You would have a taxable gain of $46,999. Your $47,000 sales price less your basis of $1. It's a long-term gain because you own the BTC for a year or more. Now, let's say you decide to take some of those profits and invest it in another digital currency you think has a lot of potential. You buy 10 Litecoin at $200 each, investing a total of $2,000. Two weeks later, the price of Litecoin has fallen to $150, and you decide it wasn't such a good investment after all. 
So you sell all 10 LTC and you have a capital loss of $500, $2,000 basis minus the $1,500 sales price. It's a short-term capital loss because you own the shares for less than one year. So tax implications of other cryptocurrency transactions. The above rules cover sales and exchanges of cryptocurrency, but what about when you receive cryptocurrency income? Mining cryptocurrency, one way to earn income from cryptocurrency is to engage in crypto mining. Mining is solving cryptographic equations with computers and receiving cryptocurrency as a reward for the work you complete. If you earn cryptocurrency by mining it, it's taxable income. As a result, you owe tax on the entire value of the cryptocurrency on the day you receive it at your regular income rate. So this tax uh, essentially treats cryptocurrency income just like wages from a job. Cryptocurrency payments for goods or services. Many businesses now accept Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as payments for goods and services. So let's say you're a freelance designer and a friend asks you to design a logo for their business. Rather than pay you by cash, check, or credit card, they offer you $500 worth of Ethereum. That payment counts as taxable income, just as if they paid via cash or credit card. You owe tax on the fair market value of the cryptocurrency on the day you receive it. The payment also counts as self-employment income, so you have to pay self-employment tax on it as well. Exchanging one cryptocurrency for another. Crypto investors and crypto traders can also exchange or trade one type of cryptocurrency for another. This kind of transaction also creates a capital gain or loss. For example, say you have $1,000 worth of Bitcoin and want to trade it for $1,000 worth of Litecoin. If you originally paid $500 for the Bitcoin, you have to recognize and pay taxes on a $500 capital gain when you exchange it. So the trouble with crypto tax treatment, uh, if you buy cryptocurrency and hold on to it, or have very few transactions, then tracking your capital gains and losses isn't too complicated. However, things get really complex when you load your cryptocurrency onto a crypto debit card or have multiple currencies spread across several crypto wallets and exchanges. For example, say you purchase one Ethereum for $1,000 and load it onto a crypto debit card. For the next month, you use a card around town to purchase a cup of coffee for $3, put $30 for gas in your car, spend $150 online shopping, $60 on dinner out, and so on. Because the IRS treats cryptocurrency as a capital asset rather than a true currency, you have taxable events every time you swipe that card. So reporting cryptocurrency transactions is an example. So let's say Ethereum was worth $1,100 per coin on the day you bought the coffee. Technically, you sold 0.0027 Ethereum coins, $3 divided by the $1,100 price per coin to pay for your cup of coffee. On your tax return, you would have a short-term capital gain of 30 cents. That's your $3 of proceeds, quote, which you use to buy the coffee minus your $2.70 basis in the 0.0027 shares of Ethereum. The tax liability on that transaction alone won't amount to much, but imagine if you had hundreds or thousands of tiny crypto transactions each year, then the tax bill and tax reporting headache could add up quickly. Maybe you're thinking, no problem, I'll just print out a report from my cryptocurrency exchange. True, 
the major crypto exchanges like Coinbase and others provide some sort of transaction report, usually available as an Excel worksheet or PDF file. The trouble is most reports don't include all of the information you need to report taxable transactions. They might show the date you purchased or sold the crypto assets and the transaction amount. But if you transferred the cryptocurrency from another exchange, it wouldn't have information on your cost basis. Also, if you're holding a crypto in cryptocurrency wallet, you might not even be able to get a report of all transactions into and out of the wallet during the year. Instead, you might have to manually track transfers to and from the wallet on a spreadsheet or subscribe to a crypto tracking solution like Coin Market Manager or Kubera. IRS interest in crypto tax reporting. The IRS believes only a fraction of people earning, selling, and trading cryptocurrencies properly report those transactions on their tax returns. According to an affidavit from IRS agent David Utske, the agency researched its database to see how many taxpayers reported cryptocurrency transactions from 2013 through 2015. They found that only around 800 taxpayers reported capital gains or losses from crypto each year. When you consider that Coinbase had roughly 2 million verified users in 2015 and 56 million verified users at the first quarter of 2021, it's easy to see why the IRS is making tax, taxing cryptocurrency gains a priority. So back to the virtual currency question at the top of your tax return. Moving that question to the forefront of Form 1040 was no accident. If you check the no box for this question when you did, in fact, sell or exchange cryptocurrency, the IRS could consider that tax evasion, and you could face harsher penalties if the IRS uncovers your omission. And there's a good chance that the IRS will discover people who are avoiding reporting cryptocurrency transactions. In the past few years, the IRS sent John Doe summonses to several major crypto exchanges, including Coinbase, Circle Internet Financial, Inc., and Kraken. These summonses allow the IRS to obtain information about account holders, including their name, taxpayer identification number, date of birth, address, and record of all account activity. In March 2021, the IRS even gave their enforcement efforts a name, Operation Hidden Treasure. This is a joint effort between the IRS's Office of Fraud Enforcement and its Criminal Investigation Division. And its goal is to search for unreported cryptocurrency income using sophisticated data analytics. So the final word, for now, the IRS is encouraging voluntary compliance. So if you're engaging in crypto transactions and not reporting them, it's a good idea to get ahead of it. Tracking the ins and outs of crypto transactions on your own can be challenging. So work with a CPA or other qualified tax professional with knowledge and experience in cryptocurrency tax rules. They may have preferred cryptocurrency tracking software to ensure you have all of the information needed to properly report taxable transactions on your tax return. So there you guys have it. What do you think about this article? How is cryptocurrency taxed, crypto transactions, and capital gains? Comment down below and let me know what you think about crypto taxes. Have you been paying crypto taxes in the past couple of years? Or are you just making a dumb found and say, I don't know, and hoping to that the IRS or your tax agency is just going to look at a blind eye over you? Comment down below and let me know what you think. 
All right, let's take a look at our prices one last time before we head out. Uh, number one, BTC is at $64,824. Ethereum is at $4,624. Binance Coin, $616. Tether, $1. Solana, $233. Cardano, $2.11. XRP, $1.18. Polkadot, $45. USD coin, $1. And last but not least, Dogecoin at 25 cents. So thank you so much for everyone that's made it this far into the podcast and YouTube video. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Please like, share, subscribe. Catch me on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And please let your friends, family members, and anyone that's interested in unbiased news about crypto, send them my way, Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Until then, have a great crypto day, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.